0: Welcome to episode six, the Token Boys podcast. As you know, it's me, uh, Mark. Go ahead, follow our uh, socials on Twitter, uh, token underscore boys. Follow my personal Twitter. I've been double underscore fly. Let Peckins introduce himself.
1: Yep. Uh, It's Peckins, uh, episode six of the Token Boys. Follow me at M underscore Peckins 15 on Twitter. Uh, Same stuff with all the Phantom Sports stuff. Uh, Yeah, And yeah, let's get
0: let's get started. So I right, have some two pretty good, great, great topics for us to discuss today. Uh, we're going to be discussing Washington uh, football teams, all the first round picks of the 2010s. And also we're going to be doing our first official 2021 mock draft. Now we haven't finished doing all our, all of our position evaluations. We'll, we will be finishing those up in the coming weeks, but we kind of want to get our first uh, mock draft out the way before right now, because it's going to be changing throughout the draft season, obviously, but, uh, Let's go ahead and get to Washington's pick. Uh, I'll let you talk first with the 2010 pick, Pickens. Uh,
1: All right. So, uh, yeah, just, just looking back, I was kind of surprised because most of these picks are, uh, you know, like a very, very good picks. Uh, the, fir- the first one I'll start with is Trent Williams back in uh, 2010. Um, I don't remember a ton about this draft. I wasn't really following it. But uh, I, do, I do know there was uh, – I think there was some Seattle took some uh, offensive tackle – that um i think it was kind of like like trent williams and some other tackle were like the two top ones and uh
0: yeah, i'm pretty sure i think i, I know I, what you're talking I, about I can't remember yeah his
1: name. yeah i forgot his name but people were people were saying he might have been the best tackle or whatever o- obviously trent williams is you know probably a future hall of famer you know like eight eight time pro bowler uh i don't think i don't think he made an all pro but he made like second team you know he you know a lot of that's off like wins and like recognition but uh you know, he's, he's arguably, arguably been our best pick, like, since, like, 20, 30 years ago. You know, he, he's been a top one to two tackle for, I mean, basically while he was healthy the whole time, so.
0: I'll say that, obviously, I think Trent Williams is probably one of the greatest players in just franchise history in general, honestly. Uh, definitely the best left tackle in our history. Um, great player. I mean, he's he's been robbed up a couple of all pro uh uh, selections, Honestly, in my opinion, he's been robbed of yep. a couple of Pro Bowls as well, in my opinion, but always he's a great player. Um, <laughs> I was really pissed when we had to let him go because it's not as an idiot, and, uh, yep. you know, he, he messed up that situation. But I miss Trent. Uh, obviously, he's a great player. That pick is obviously an A. I mean, there's no other way to go for it yeah just that
1: that whole uh because we'll talk about the next draft but that whole 2010 draft was just it had it had a lot of like really good uh players you know uh and Trent's Trent's probably you know up there with some of the best uh and so yeah and like the all pro stuff you know that's I feel like a lot a lot of that's because you know like I don't know like Joe Thomas was in the NFL when he was playing uh uh Tyron Smith was so like, there's, like, he he was probably, like, a top three tackle for, like, 10 years, and he just happened to, you know, like, yeah, play for the, to, like, yeah, play the, football for the Washington football team, you know, and, uh, yeah, so Dallas Cowboys fans, uh, they always vote for all pros and stuff, and, uh, yeah, so he, he was kind of snub, but he, he, he's he been a, one of the best offensive linemen in the league for 10, 10- he still, he's still had a phenomenal year, just last year.
0: Easily. All right, so we'll get to the 2011 pick, which is Ryan Kerrigan. Obviously, I got to give this pick an A as well because Ryan Kerrigan is he the all-time sack leader for our team now? Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. He, he he broke it out. Yeah. Year. Yeah. yeah, he broke it this year. Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan has been one of the one of the only reasons why I was watching our team play for the past few years. Because other than him, maybe like a handful of players, it was dreadful watching us play. But Ryan Kerrigan, he just always came to play. I mean. I didn't really, really, I didn't really appreciate Ryan Kerrigan until like the last couple of seasons where he just started. I think there's two straight seasons where he had like what? 12 plus sacks. I'm pretty sure. What? Yeah. And he had like two straight. But I was like, yo, this guy's really like, you know, before he was playing great, obviously he was playing at extremely high level, but he really bumped it up. I think it was like 2016, 2017, where he really just yeah. bumped it up to another level. And, you know, now he's a little bit on the decline, which is uh, unfortunate because, you know, he's a great player and, uh, we kind of just now surrounded him with a, a team with a ton of potential, which is unfortunate in his case. But I'm hoping that we can keep him around just a little bit longer and see if somehow, some way, if we end up having a team good enough to make a Super Bowl that we can get him, we can get him a ring, which he definitely deserves because he's one of the all-time greats of our franchise. Yeah,
1: it, it, this is, I mean, probably our this, right after Trent. It's our second-best pick. He's. I think I, I want to say he's been, he's been with the team even a little longer. Um, but yeah, he's just like, I feel like, like uh, some people kind of, you know, there, there's definitely people that don't like Ryan Kerrigan and think he's like overrated, but uh you just, when you're that consistent, like the, I'm um, t- like he had, I think it was like 13 sacks and like 12 and a half or something like that back-to-back years. He had 10 sacks every year, but his rookie year, like, you you, you you I mean, if you expect him to be Chase Young and you're disappointed he's not Chase Young, I mean, I I kind of get that. But at the same time, he was he was he's been up for the until like 2018. He was on a terrible defense. It was basically he was basically the only person on the defense that ever was consistent. And it's it's really it's really hard to get 10 sacks a season for like seven eight years in a row. So, uh, yeah, he, he's he's he just doesn't get credit because you know. I don't know. Again, he's late for Washington. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So now obviously Ryan Kerrigan's an A. Um, We'll get to 2012, which is a controversial <laughs> pick. Um, That kind of hurts my soul because I was an RG3 fan. I gave this pick a B and that's kind of mostly just off of his rookie season. And now from there on then, there was a lot of factors that went against him that c- caused a decline in his career. And, uh, So, obviously, RG3, he had an electric. One of the few last seasons I enjoyed watching our team play. It was 2012-2016, and I haven't really joined us since. Um, uh, Yeah, obviously, RG3 is a great player. And then after his rookie year, everything went downhill. Jay Gruden came in. There's a lot of issues with how Jay Jay Gruden's offense wasn't a fit at all for RG3's play style anyways. There is a a little bit of locker room issues, as we came to find out a little bit, few years down the line, especially with uh, his dad being a little bit too involved in locker room, obviously Dan Snyder's being incompetent, you know, it's just a lot of issues that just contributed uh, Robert's downfall. But also the issue is like, he just started having a lot of injury problems, you know, after Haloti Notter blew up his knees, just it really went downhill from there. So it's kind of disappointing because he had so much potential and he could have been a great player, but it just didn't go his way.
1: Yeah, th- this is like uh, I don't know. It's like the most like polarizing, just because uh, like obviously he was a great player and he had a great he had a great season. But um, yeah, I, I gave it a B just because one one we traded up like you know the three first rounds, a bunch of second round picks. You know we we traded up three, and you know a- after that first year after he got injured, it's just he, he was still good. It was just a mix of like it was a mix of like him being injured and not and not having the same running ability you know obviously the front office was like I don't know yeah they they kind of didn't help him getting you know they made him play versus Seattle while he was already like hurt uh you know and then obviously I I I just think Jager did like didn't really like him I don't think he ever wanted to like coach up uh RG3 you know he had a thing for Kirk and uh yeah, just it, it was just a mix of like a bunch of bad situations. Having a ding for
0: Kirk Cousins sounds insane, by the way. But you know what? I'll just leave it alone. Yeah, and uh,
1: yeah, anyone that has a thing for Kirk, or you know, yeah. see what Kirk's insane. doing now is
0: just yeah,
1: like <laughs> just like settling yeah, so, for
0: mediocrity. But yeah. So now we'll get to 2015 because we didn't have a first round pick for 2013 or you know, 14. So 2015 was Brandon Scherf. I got to get this pick in A. Now, Scherf is kind of an enigma to me in a weird way because obviously he's a great player. Just, I mean, the, like stats show it uh, all the time, but like for some reason, it kind of seems to me like he's a quiet good player, you know? Like he's not going to show up with like those splash plays or like those pancakes or like. Just, like, he's not really going to just, like, uh wow you when he's playing, but he's just a great player. You know, he doesn't give up a lot of sacks. He's a great run blocker. He's a great teammate. Like, he's been a great player for this whole, uh, whole career. Um, Hopefully, we can re-sign him, like, ASAP, because I don't want to lose a player like that, especially with our offensive line being very shaky already uh, outside of him. And, like, uh maybe, yeah, outside of him and Rulia, it's extremely shaky. And if we lost him, it would be very uh, scary. But – Obviously, Scherf's an A. He's been a great player. Uh, Definitely worth the pick, even though it's a little too high – I mean, a little bit too high for a guard at the time, but he's been a great player. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I also give it an A. Uh, Like, at the time, you know, taking the overall, you know, like, most most people, you know, wouldn't do that. Or, but even, uh like, Quentin Nelson, that was six overall, you know, like, I'm pretty sure – like, it's sometimes you just got to take the, like, best player. And, like, if you look back at that draft class, it was like, I'm pretty sure it was like Sheriff, like Todd Gurley, maybe like one other player, and everyone else is just like, it's like a horrible draft class. So, uh, obviously he made, he made it an all pro team this year. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's not like, I don't know, if for offensive linemen, sometimes you don't really notice them making an impact until like, until like they're gone or something, you know, like, uh, like when, when he got injured and Wes Martin had to play, like, uh, it was versus Aaron Donald. It was versus the Rams. And you just you get gave up three sacks in a row. Like you, you notice it when he's not there. Uh when he's when he's there, it's just kind of, you know, you just kind of expect him to be good. But you know, he he he's been a he's been as long as he's been healthy, which you know he struggles with, you know, he's he's been a Pro Bowl caliber guard the whole uh whole six five, six years he's been here.
0: Yep. So now we get to twenty sixteen, which is definitely the worst pick on this list, which is Josh Dawson. I mean. I don't think there is even much to say. I mean, I'm, I won't say that we should have took Michael Thomas because you know Michael Thomas was not. I don't think was he a projected first round pick. I can't really remember. Uh, that I think he was class. like late first or like or, or he went
1: he went early second, but I think he he might have been like a late first kind of guy. But
0: that wide receiver class is just abysmal outside of Michael Thomas and maybe Wolfull. Wolfull is a solid receiver, but he's no Michael he's Thomas, obviously. Huh? But yeah. I I don't understand the pick because when you watch Josh Stocks and highlights, it's like, there's nothing. I don't, I didn't see anything. I was like, and then when he gets here, he just, you know, Josh Stocks is doing it throughout his years here. He just, you can see that he doesn't love to play football. He just plays it because he, he was good at it, you know. It was just something yeah. that we did through high school and college. But, he, I mean, he think he said in interviews where he just, like, he seems so disinterested. And it's like, this guy doesn't really like playing football. And, you know, he didn't really have a drive to get better at all. And he wasn't very good off the game. Extremely slow, has no acceleration, no speed. His route running is just god-awful. I mean, he runs like he has cement blocks tied to his ankles. It's not a good player at all. He's made – a couple of splash plays, uh, maybe like one or two clutch plays, but besides that, it was a terrible pick. I, I didn't like it then. It seems even worse now. Definitely a waste of a first round pick. Definitely an F.
1: Yeah. Uh, most of, I feel like, yeah, again, besides Michael Thomas and Will Fuller, like it's, it sucks. Cause, uh, we had the pick Will Fuller, you know, went and we traded one spot down to take Josh Jackson, which is just even like even worse. We didn't get anything for it like a seventh round pick or yeah. something. Uh, but um, yeah he he was just never he was never good and he didn't get better uh like his rookie year you know he, he had a uh, some weird ankle injury kept him out uh and then when he came back you know we let uh we let Deshaun and Garcon both go and uh, we expected him to at least fill one of those and he had I don't know he had like 400 yards and he was like our number one receiver getting a ton of targets um yeah he just. He was ter- he was a terrible route runner and he, he didn't uh, basically all he could do was run like verticals but he I, like he couldn't get separation and he dropped a lot of passes so even so I don't know it was weird it was weird because it was just a, it was a horrible combination because Kirk didn't want to dr- throw it deep he didn't want to throw it to people that were covered and then when he threw it to Josh Dox, he'd just drop it all the time so yep. he yeah he, he made I remember the the one play versus like Seattle he had some. He had an amazing catch that won us a game, uh, but honestly, other than that, it was just like disappointment. You know, everyone was hoping he'd be good, but he, yeah, he just, he, he's he's just a guy. That I don't think yeah, he I don't think he really cares about football. He's more into just,
0: you know, yes. other other stuff. So for these next two first round picks, I'm gonna kind of combine them because I have the same opinion about both of them. So it's 2017 Jonathan Allen, 2018 Deron Payne. Now. For me, they kind of had the same uh, career so far, except for this past season. So rookie year, both of them, they were amazing right off the bat. Um, Unfortunately, John Alton didn't, like mid season of his rookie year, he got injured out for us the year, I'm pretty sure. Forgot what the injury was, but he was amazing when he did play his rookie year. uh, So it was unfortunate he got injured. Deron Payne was amazing 2018. I mean, he was like the lifeblood of our defensive line that year Uh, in the run game. Definitely, he was amazing. And then uh, sophomore year, both of them, they kind of like teared off a bit. You know, they were still good players, obviously, but they weren't as productive as they were as the rookie years. And then this year, you know, Jonathan Allen really came into his own, uh, especially down the line. The whole D-line came into their own down line. But Jonathan Allen was really the one who started playing very uh, – he started playing extremely well. Uh, I started to see why we picked him so highly. Uh, he's obviously a great player. So I got to give both of them an a. Deron Payne still had a great year themselves too. Obviously not as good as Allen, but they're both great players and they're uh, a plus picks. The one of the few good things Bruce Allen did for us.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I I kind of I, I uh, you know they they both yeah they, they both were obviously really good as rookies. Uh, you know, I, I want I want to say like uh, Jonathan Allen when he got hurt, I think that was the year we had like the worst run defense. Like after. Uh, but yeah they're, they're I mean, both I mean, yeah yeah I, I think that was a rookie year but yeah they they both just i mean they, they're they both like elite run defenders you know like they don't nobody runs straight up into you know the a gap between them you know it's if if they're us, it's because our you know our linebackers like miss tackles or take the wrong you know gap or whatever but um and then they both i think they both gotten better like uh like they're not they're not like super flashy players but um like yeah. just over 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 the years they kind of keep getting better and better as like pass rushers like uh like Deron Payne versus the Bucks like that that was like reminded me of like the Georgia game in college like that was him you know making multiple plays in the backfield you know like trying different pass rush moves like using his hands and i feel like they're just they're just on they're like they're both really young like Deron Payne's 23 they're they're on like an upward trajectory and uh you know like I already think they're like A picks, but I think that could be even better
0: yep I'd say we're blessed blessed to have them both now we get to 2019 which is Dwayne Haskins and uh Montez Sweat I'll get Sweat out the way first Sweat's obviously an A because uh I think was the genius of Kyle Smith uh I think what we traded up we gave the Colts our first uh, second round pick for, uh, yeah for that what was it 26th pick for Sweat yeah for their 26th pick I mean it was a great trade-up, honestly. I loved it at the time. Obviously, it paid off. Uh, I think it was pre-draft Sweat had uh, heart con- uh, concerns about his heart problems, yeah. I guess. But obviously, those turned out to be, uh, I guess, uh, false because he's been uh, fine so far. Hopefully, he'll be fine for the rest of his career. Obviously, he's been great. Now, Ricky Year, Sweat was – unfortunately, he faced the pain of having Greg defense as a coordinator. And Greg Minuski had the bright, bright idea of having a six-fix uh, defensive end that runs a 4-4 to play slot corner and be in coverage 50% of the time, which is, I mean, what a great idea, you know? Um, but uh, obviously, sweat was extremely misused his rookie year. I mean, I don't know how many tweets I had about Greg Minuski putting sweat in coverage that just pissed me off, especially when he put Ryan Kerrigan in coverage, which is even a worse idea than putting sweat in coverage. But uh yeah, he still had a, a solid rookie year. Great a good rookie year in my opinion, 7 sacks. He really came into his own by the end, especially that last Cowboys game rookie year. He had like two sacks, uh almost had a third one, but uh yeah, that was a pretty good game by him. And then this year, he came into his own. I mean, he was amazing right off the bat. Uh he was electric. Uh did he reach 10 sacks this year or was it a 9 sacks?
1: Uh I think he got 10 It like cuz he had one in the playoff game, but I think uh I think he had 9 in the regular
0: yeah, yeah, my, I think he had some, a great year. Like Def, yeah, yeah, definitely had a great year. Um, he's extremely what good, great in the run game. Uh, I don't, he has a lot of TFLs this year, I'm pretty sure. He's extremely mm-hmm. aggressive, and uh, I love Sweat. He's going to be a great player. Hopefully, he can even turn it up to another notch the next season. Now, we'll get to Haskins. Now, I was a Haskins fan, uh, a big Haskins fan, and it's unfortunate that it just wasn't a good fit you know uh dan he wasn't really thinking when he uh did the pick which dan doesn't really ever think yeah. he kind of just any forced it he's involved in on... like yeah goes bad <laughs> <laughs> he kind of just forced it on us and it just didn't go well because from day one brought in case kingdom I'm like, i'm like okay so let's just let case kingdom sit blah blah, blah all that good stuff and then but the thing is every Washington fan knew that Jay Gruden was going to get fired eventually during the season. Yeah. So the problem is as soon as Jay Gruden gets fired, now everybody wants Dwayne to start. Obviously he's not ready to start, but it's whatever. I let it go through. He played, it was pretty bad his first couple of games and he picked it up. And by the end of the season, it was playing good, good football. And then obviously when Ron gets here, uh, it just gets difficult because, you know, it's extremely new system. You know, Dwayne had a, a really good relationship with the uh, – what's his name? The uh, Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell, I love what Kevin O'Connell did with Dwayne, uh, especially at the end of this year. You know, he really – him and Dwayne really had a special relationship. You could see, especially the way how they talk, he talked about each other in interviews and how they played, uh, how they well together. You know, they really had a great relationship. And Kevin O'Connell had Dwayne playing his best football. And then, you know, Kevin O'Connell leaves and then out – comes Scott Turner. And, you know, from the bat, I didn't like the, I didn't, from the bat, I had really big questions about Scott Turner, especially about how he, how Dwayne would fit in the offense. And then obviously COVID happens. There's no, uh, really no offseason, just no like uh, offseason workouts, just training camp. And then you, can, you get straight into the season and you just start struggling from the beginning. You know, it's not looking good at all. And then, you know, Ron Rivera pulls him, Ravens game. You go through the rest of the season, ups and downs, and then he gets released because of the the stripper situation. But, you know, it's just – it's really unfortunate for Dwayne. I'm I'm really pulling for him because I still think he can do it. He just has to, you know – he just got to, like, work for it, honestly, now because, you know, he kind of messed up his chance with the uh, other situation. But in general, it was just – it wasn't a good place for him to go in the first place. So I can't really put too much on him because, you know, he could have went to a much better situation than he did here.
1: Yeah. That's, that's kind of my whole thing. Obviously uh, I was, a, I was a huge Hastings fan, uh, you know, and a, another thing, like, I don't know, pe- people kind of will, uh, I, I feel like people do this now that, now that he's like released and he had a, you know, base, I mean, it's, it's a bad draft pick from us, but like, people will always say like, oh, he should have been a second, third round draft pick, but like, no, he, he was going to, he was going to be a first round pick. You know, he, he had 50 touchdowns in college, you know, like uh, someone, someone was going to take him. He's obviously still a talented quarterback. He's got a crazy arm. Uh, and he, and he worked on his, you know, mobility over, over uh, last off season. But I just, I kind of had the feeling like, just like the day we drafted him, I was just like, I, I don't, I don't know if we were ready for a rookie quarterback, like, obviously the whole well, yeah, team, everybody for
0: rookie quarterback yeah. honestly
1: but but i i mean like like yeah that, that that's true but like <laughs> in this case it's like just the worst case of everything one terrible offensive line we just traded trent you know uh we had no receivers um new offensive um, coordinator covid uh he had like three he had three coaches you know he had uh, Jay gruden who literally did not like him he had bill o'connell or bill uh bill callahan who uh yeah yeah, he he just tried to get AP'd a thousand yards basically. Uh like didn't care about Haskins at all. And then so I, I kind of just felt bad because I was like, even if everything worked out and he got better and uh went through all that, I still thought it'd be hard on him just because any any rookie quarterback that's in a new system in a shortened off season with like bad bad uh supporting cast is gonna look like if you took Justin Herbert, who I think is amazing and put him in our situation, like he'd be better he than Haskins, failed. obviously, but he, yeah, he would have been, he not, sorry people would have not, people, people would have thought he, he was bad, you know, like his
0: rookie year, but he, he would have been better I than love Haskins, Herbert. but you know. Listen, I love Herbert, but if you, here, you probably would have failed. That's just how I, that's how lowly I view our organization or just Dan Steiner in general. But like, like you were saying with the revisionist history about him, fans saying like, no, He's going to be a first-round pick regardless. Mitch Trubisky was going to be a first-round pick regardless. Yeah. I mean, all these bad quarterbacks who got picked in the first round, they were going to be first-round picks regardless. It's not going to change just because they ended up being bad players. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, I had to give that pick a D, obviously. Um, hopefully, Dwayne could turn his uh, career around. Uh, mm-hmm. I still like him. I still think he could be a good quarterback. I like the situation for him in Pittsburgh, honestly, uh, depending on whether Roethlisberger's station of the year or not. Depends, but – I do like the situation. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk on Sweat because uh, a, a lot of the same things. But, um, yeah, it's just – like, I just feel like Greg Minuski just ruined, like, ev- every player on defense got way better after he left, you know, like
0: – Every single
1: player. Everybody. Like, uh, yeah, lit- like, literally like, – we were – I'm pretty sure we were, like, the 30th ranked defense, and we go to two in one year, basically just off adding Chase Young, so – uh like you can't be that bad and um yeah he he was dropping him into coverage like a lot um and then I I just feel like maybe what to like learn as a rookie because like if if you're a pass rusher and you got to learn how to cover and you got to learn how to you know play the run and all this stuff like it just makes it hard to try to figure that it's kind of like the same thing with Simmons I think like if you try to learn too many positions as a rookie it's it just makes things complicated but um you know, once he started figuring things out, like, the second half of the season, like, he he looked he look like a, you know, first-round edge rusher. He was uh, getting pressure. And I, I just kind of think, like, just watching him, like, he's a player that stands out, you know. Like, he, even if he wasn't, you know, uh, getting a ton of sacks, he's still he's – still you, you can see him, like, chasing down running backs. You can see him batting down passes. You see him, you know, just his athleticism. He runs a 4-4 and a 6-6. He, he stands out when you watch him.
0: Yeah, so definitely a uh, disappointing pick for Aspies, but uh, I definitely sweat for A for sweat. Now we get to the last pick of the 2010s, which is Chase Young. Obviously an A. I'll I will. Uh, I'll just say, uh, I think, it was, yeah, the week one game against the Eagles. After that strip sack, I was like, yeah, this is a special player. I mean, was it like a spin move? Like off his first yeah, game, he's yeah. just pulling out, out the ass. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's a great player. I don't think there's much else to say for me. Yeah
1: that that first game uh yeah he, he 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 was he got double teamed he did like a spin move off Jason Peters like dove and like forced a fumble like in his first game uh and then yeah he just i, I think he, he, he got, got injured shot. and he, he he got injured and was like out for like two games but right after that you know just like him and sweat are just like they're just crazy to watch like i've never i've never seen two defenders on a team that just like they just like stand out every single like drive. You just like, oh, sweat, ma- sweat bad at a pass. Oh, chase young, chase down some guy, 10 yards. And I was, I was watching some, uh, some interview. Uh, I think it was like on some like Ray Lewis show or something. And um, uh, it was Jack, Do- Jack Rio was talking about like why he compares him to Ray Lewis. And he's like, all the guys, you know, Von Miller, Julie, they're obviously like Hall of Famers, but they're kind of quiet. And Chase Young, he's, like, he's just naturally, like, he just brings, like, tons of energy, you know. He's, like, a leader, naturally captain as a rookie. I don't know. I feel like he's a guy that just, like, changes your whole defense, like, regardless of who else is on it. Because he just, he makes everyone, like, feel like they're better.
0: Yeah, he's definitely underrated uh, as a leader. Uh, he was underrated as a leader for me until, like, he became a leader. And I was like, yo, he's actually leading this team. He's making uh, speeches, all that stuff. So definitely came into the zone as a leader. Obviously a great player. Definitely be here the years to come. I will say uh, I know how 49ers felt watching two elite defensive ends, uh, two elite defense, uh, defensive line just go off. It's so much fun to watch just – Five athletes, four athletic to get the guys just get after it. I love watching it. But, anyways, those are the uh, uh, picks for Washington 2010s. Now we'll get to the uh, more fun part of our stream, which is the uh, mock draft, NFL mock draft for 2021. Now, I'll get started first for Jacksonville. I got uh, the obvious pick, which is Trevor Lawrence going there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the obvious pick, he's the best quarterback in the draft. I think it's actually – it's also a good team fit for me, honestly. I like what Jacksonville has weapons-wise in terms of running backs, you know, James Robinson, uh, Levisca uh, D.J. Shark. I like what they have with the receivers and running backs. The offensive line needs uh, some work, definitely. Defense needs a lot of work, but I do like the fit.
1: Uh yeah, pretty much the same thing I don't see you know earlier on in the offseason I kind of thought you know maybe there was a chance uh, urban Meyer takes like Justin field or something or maybe I don't know I, 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 yeah so but it's it's basically Trevor Lawrence and I don't think uh, I don't think anything is gonna yeah. change like that I feel like that if the, like I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty in the draft but I feel like that's the one block like no matter what else happens
0: yep yeah. Now, I'll get to my second pick. Now, this is where my draft goes crazy because, you know, I do things outside the box. I think differently than most uh, uh, people who do mock drafts. I have Justin Fields going to the Jets. Now, my explanation for this is Fields is my number two quarterback, of course. So I think that the Jets, I think I don't think Sam Darnold's a good quarterback at all. I think the Jets need to cut their ties, let him loose, let him go. But I think that then I don't think that they should take Wilson over Fields. I think Fields is the better uh, player than Wilson. I think Fields is obviously a schematic fit for uh, what is it, uh, Michael uh Matt ford's little brother? Oh, one of the names I forgot. But the little brother of the uh, Packers uh, the, head coach, yeah, yeah. So I think he's a schematical fit because it's the same. It's the same system uh, that Shanahan runs. Schematical fit for him. Uh, receiver uh, weapons wise, it needs a lot of work. I don't like the running back room. I don't like the receivers outside of Mims, and Mims didn't even have, barely had a rookie year. And when he did play, he wasn't great. Uh, Crowder is solid, but he's getting—he might be getting a little old. And he's just—he's just—he's a good player, but it's, it won't be long before he ends up being not such a good player, you know. So I think they yeah. need a lot of work offensively, defensively. They need a whole reset outside of like maybe Quentin Williams, <laughs> honestly. So they'll have the New York has a lot of work to do. Definitely uh, for whatever quarterback they draft, but if they draft fields, I think it'll be the start. It'll be a good start to, uh, it'll be a good start to the new era. All right. That's kind
1: of crazy. Cause I, I did the same. Thing. Uh, Well, so I I heard, I heard that they were moving on from Sam Darnold. So I kind of, you know, for a while I thought, you know, maybe, maybe they'd keep him and trade down or something, but um, yeah, I just, I don't know who, I don't know. Who, like I, I, I couldn't take Trey Lance or Zach Wilson to overall. And I, I know they want a quarterback, so I figured, you know, ju- ju- I feel like Justin Fields is, like, like I feel like people don't talk enough about his upside. Like he's he's like super like athletic. He's like I don't know. He's probably like a four five guy. Like maybe even a four four. Um, like he's def- he's definitely a guy you can use as a dual threat. He's got a really big arm. Uh, and I think he's, yeah, I, I, he just he had a. Uh, you know, college season. And, uh, I feel like he's pretty close to like Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yep. So I'll get to my third pick, uh, which is Miami. I had to go with Devontae Smith, obviously. Dolphins are in desperate need of a receiver. That isn't a big, like a six, four guy. That's just physical. They're in need of a guy that's quick and fast and can do a lot of things differently. Uh, that like can run in space and all that type of stuff. And I think, uh, obviously, this is a great pick for Tua. He needs that type of receiver. It's kind of what makes his game great. Honestly, I don't think uh, the Dolphins receivers, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, I don't think they really yeah. fit Tua's type of play style at all. He's, you know, he's really more of a quick game passer, get things to open space, let the receivers uh make a play or something like that. So I think this is a great pick for Miami, A uh, great pick for Tua. I think it will definitely improve Tua's uh ability to make plays. I think Devontae Smith right out the gate can be a thousand yard, maybe even more receiver. I think he can have a pro bowl season right off the bat because I think he'll go into being the uh, definitely go in on Miami and be the best receiver right out the gate.
1: Yeah. Um I gave uh hold on, me I, I gave them Devontae Smith. You know it just I, I feel I feel like people I don't know Tua didn't have a great year but I feel like he's still you still got to get, you still got to kind of see what he can do. Um, obviously him and Devonte Smith had a great, a uh, great pairing. And um, it, it was between him and like Jamar Chase. And I feel like Tua would just push for Devonte Smith over Jamar Chase. And they do, they do a lot of similar things. Just, you know, I think Devonte Smith is a little better at separating. Uh, Jamar Chase is a little more physical, but I feel like you can't go wrong with either, either. And, you know, yeah, I feel like they, they really need a receiver because they don't like Devontae Parker is good, but I, I feel like you still need, you know, he he's not healthy all the time and he's not uh you know, he's not the type for Tua, you know.
0: Yeah. So now I'll get to my fourth pick, which is uh Falcons. As I think this is a, another obvious pick for me, uh, for quarterback, which is Trey Lance. Um I think it's just a great fit. Uh, I love the Arthur Smith pick for Atlanta. It was one of my, it was definitely my favorite head coach hire of the offseason. Now, I think I love this pick so much. It's just because, you know, there's really no rush to play unless, like, an injury happens to Matt Ryan. And then you can just put him out there, which is fine. Because I think I, unlike other people who think Trey Lance isn't ready to play, I think he can play right out the gate and be fine. But I wouldn't mind if he sits because he'd probably be even better if he does sit. So yeah. I love the fit. Uh, Atlanta's weapons are amazing. Uh, Julio, Ridley, I I love Russell Gage as a slot, but Julio is on a little old side. So for the Falcons, uh, it, uh, I think if they have a second round pick, I'm not sure. I think they could take it to Marion Terry, kind of have Julio groom groom him because I think yeah. him and Julio have the same skill sets. But other than that, uh, I love ATL's offense. Defense already needs some work, but. I like what Arthur. Uh, I like the staff that Arthur Smith is building down there. I think it's a great for Trey So whether he has to, whether he ends up playing early or not, I think he'll be a great player for Atlanta for years to come.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think they definitely. Atlanta needs to like. Uh, they need to like rebuild and kind of start over. You know, they're definitely past their like Super Bowl window. Uh, they have they've got a ton of problems. You know, like offensive line, defense. You know, they've got a lot of older players um so I I gave him I gave him a quarterback I gave him Zach Wilson uh I just think it fits more you know uh kind of the groom under Matt Ryan he's more that type of obviously he's more mobile than Matt Ryan but he's you know it's it's different than like Trey Lance who's more of a like pure runner you know Zach Wilson's more of your you know pocket passer and uh yeah they they, I feel like Atlanta's definitely a team that's gonna if not this year at least next year they're gonna try to Try to get a young
0: quarterback eventually. Yep, I can definitely see that fit. So and I'll get to my fifth pick, which is Cincinnati. I gotta go Panay Suo, obviously. I mean, it's clear Joe Barrow needs some uh line uh offensive line help. I mean, he was getting killed all season, especially in the Washington game. Um, uh, I don't even, it's not even us that injured him, but it's kind of more so him like trying to escape out the pocket, which end up getting him hurt, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, they need uh, tackle help immediately. Um, I think J- Jonah Williams, I'm not sure if he had a good season or not, but that's pretty the only. Uh, that's pretty much the only, like, highly touted offensive lineman they have. They need offensive yeah. lineman help, and I think Will is the best, uh, I think he's the best lineman in the draft, and I think he'll be a great player for them right out the gate, and I think it'll bring Burrow a lot of very much needed stability that he'll need if he wants to succeed in his young career.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I kind of like that uh kind of like that fit. I did I did the same thing. Um, I feel like this is this is again this is like the second easiest pick in the draft because Trevor Lawrence yeah. obviously is like the best player. Um, but I guess they could take a receiver, but they just they don't they need offensive line way more. Like they they have uh T Higgins, they have uh I know I, I know AJ Green's kind of washed, but they have uh Tyler Boyd, you know. Uh, and yeah, I, I feel like they can get, they can get a receiver later on, but like a guy like Penny Sewell, you're not gonna, you, you're not, you can't wait till the second round and try to find like a left tackle of the future. So, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's a pretty good landing spot for him.
0: Yep. Now i will get to the sixth pick with this, which is Philly. I have them shaking Jamar Chase. Now, my reason for this pick is, Philly's wide receiver core is uh, very decimated now. They just released the Sean Jackson Bulls like a few days ago. They're letting go of Alshon Jeffrey, or they might have already, if I'm wrong. The only receiver they have now, I'm pretty sure, is Jalen Rager. Uh, uh, what is the other guy's name? The undrafted uh, one. Fogum Fogum. Fogum yeah. uh another like, of other, another like three or two mid-round guys. I think they desperately need some top-tier wide receiver talent. And I think Jamar Chase is the guy. Now, I like this fit but just because of I love Jamar Chase's play style. You know, he kind of plays like DeAndre Hopkins to me, obviously not at the same level as DeAndre Hopkins does because he's a league receiver. Uh, Jamar Chase can be coming a league receiver down the line, obviously. But I love the fit uh, schematically with Nick Sirianni. Um, uh I think it's him paired with Jalen Rager is great just because they're both just opposite play styles, but, you know, it'll really fit well into the offense. And I think giving, uh, giving Hurts that type of boundary deep threat, uh, the guy that's just physical and can win on route to win jump balls. I think that's the type of receiver that Hurts needs now because, you know, he still, he still has a lot of development to go through, but giving him that type of receiver will really help him get through the tough goings as a young quarterback.
1: Yeah, I actually did the same thing too. Uh, they definitely need uh, a receiver, and I feel like they they need they don't need like a they need a big receiver. You know, like Jalen Rager has obviously has speed, and he can he can uh you know he can beat you deep. But uh, they they need a go to guy that I don't know I don't know who's gonna be their quarterback. But if it's Jalen Hurts or you know he 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 needs a guy that he can trust. You know, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna uh they're gonna either trade or release Earth. So they're gonna they're gonna need more weapons just like period. And uh yeah it I, I already had uh, Devontae Smith going off the board. So it was either him or you know him or Waddle. And I feel like it doesn't make sense to have two like smaller speed guys.
0: Yep. So now I get to the seventh pick which is Detroit. Uh I'm going back to back receiver Jalen Waddle Alabama. Now the reason with my pick is I think that Kenny Galladay is probably as good as gone, unless they trade, uh, franchise him. But mm-hmm. I don't think they don't even have a wide receiver under contract, except for like Marvin Hall, I'm pretty sure for Detroit. I think they're in desperate need of wide receiver help because either Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay is gone. If I had to put my guesses, probably say Galladay, maybe even Jones too as well. So I think that with Goff in, even though I don't think Goff is a good quarterback at all, I think he's pretty terrible. I think that you just give him someone like Waddle, who is, uh, Give him someone that's similar to Robert Woods, even though I think Jalen uh, Waddle is a lot better than Robert Woods, like 10 times better <laughs> in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah. give him someone with this kind of the same skill set as Robert Woods. And, you know, I think that Waddle and Goff can have a really good relationship early on. I think Waddle could have a great season. Hopefully, if he can just uh, recover from the ankle injury. Um, I'm not sure even how he looked in the uh, championship game. I mean, he didn't look great. Obviously, he was limping a lot. So hopefully yeah. he can fully recover. Uh, if he takes his time during uh, the offseason, he can fully recover. I think he can go out and have a great rookie season off the bat. But I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles just a little bit early on, you know, trying to get up to play speed. But yeah. I'm pretty sure by the end of the season he'll pick it up and he'll have a solid rookie year.
1: Yeah, honestly, I, c- I kind of forgot Jared Goff was in Detroit. Uh, and I, I feel like this pick still makes sense, though. I, I gave him Trey Lance just because uh, – you know, even if Jared Goff's there, you know they. I, I feel like he kind of like. I feel like he's better than Kirk Cousins, but he's kind of in that same boat where like, they're good enough to like get you four thousand yards and like, you know, put up stats, but they're not. They're, they're not, not, not like. Bowl, they're not winning you a Super Bowl. And they're not a quarterback that. Yeah, I feel like in a couple of years they're gonna they're gonna move on from him eventually. So Trey Lance is there, and you can groom him for you know two years under Goff um you know obviously there's not a ton of weapons there but uh you can kind of you can kind of build that as he develops you know start getting some more receivers and offensive line for him
0: yep so now I get to the eighth pick is Carolina I had him taking Zach Wilson now <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of slander for having Zach Wilson drop this far but I made it very well known on Twitter and on this pod that I'm not a big fan of Zach Wilson um but I think this is a great fit just because of the weapons. I mean, you have McCaffrey, uh, D, uh McCaffrey, DJ Moore, uh Curtis Samuel if they resign him. I hope they resign him. I think he's a great player. But if they don't, i hope because of the football team. But uh, anyways, uh Curtis Samuel, if he resigns DJ Moore, uh Robbie Anderson, the offensive line is solid, uh, sometimes good. Maybe if they can upgrade that it'll be even better. I think it's just a great situation off the bat, offensively. Um, I love what they do offensively over there in Carolina with uh Joe Brady. Oh, is he still? Is Joe Brady still in Carolina? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I think I think he's still there. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, so yeah, I love what they do offensively with Joe Brady. I love what Joe Brady does offensively. I think Zach Wilson is a quarterback for me, in my opinion. That needs a ton of work, but if he jumps into that offense right off the bat, there's no reason for him not to have a at least a solid year right off the bat. I'd be very disappointed if he didn't have at least a solid year. I mean, the Panthers obviously made a mistake uh, giving Bridgewater that much money It's a stupid idea then. It's even stupid decision now that everybody sees. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have made it obviously painfully clear that they want to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and get a new guy in. So I think what not better than a highly touted quarterback that in my opinion needs a lot of development, but with the pieces you have in place now, there won't be a lot there won't be such a big learning curve as it would be if he went to another team that had lesser
1: yeah uh i wanted to give them a quarterback because obviously obviously they're in the market for one um the only quarterback i had left with mac jones and i'm not i'm not gonna take mac jones you know top 10 or whatever uh i gave them jalen waddle it's kind of a kind of a weird pick because uh like one, one, I'm just assuming, I think, I think Curtis Samuel is probably going to just be out of their price range and they're going to let him walk. And they don't, obviously they don't need a receiver. I kind of just think he was one of the best players available. And I mean, even if you still had Teddy, you know, if he's throwing to DJ Moore, Jalen, Jalen Waddle and Robbie Anderson, like you've got, you've got a crazy receiver core. Um, And yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, there's, I just didn't, I don't know. They could have taken like in a corner or something, but I, I kind of just think Jalen Waddle is like really gonna be like really good.
0: Yep. I, I could definitely see that bit, especially Kirk Kirsten leaves. now. Get to the ninth pick for Denver. Now I have them taking Jeremiah Wilson Cormo, linebacker in Notre Dame. Now, this is ironic because uh I think it was like today or yesterday with Brett Coleman. Uh, shout out to Brett Coleman if you guys know him. He's a football genius. Mm-hmm. I love his uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. But uh, he was talking about how he thinks uh, uh Kormo is the best linebacker in the draft, how he thinks Denver is the best uh, fit schematically. Now, to me, I was thinking this like actually like months ago. Like I got, actually, no, like weeks ago. I was like, thinking like for me, it was either Jeremiah Obusa goes falls to us or he goes to Denver. And obviously, I like the Denver fit more just of, just because of how Vic Fangio runs the defense. Um, watching the Denver defense, for me, I watched a lot of Denver games uh, this past season. I'm not really sure why, but I was fascinated by how Vic Fangio runs the defense. And, uh, you know, they struggled a lot, especially linebacker-wise. I like Josie Jewel. I loved uh, Josie Jewel when he was at Iowa. But obviously, he's just not meant to be a cover linebacker at all. He struggles in it. But if you yeah. take a player like Jeremiah Osuoroma, Cormor, Cormor, all of your troubles guarding running backs out the backfield are essentially non-existent. I mean, he can cover wide receivers, he can cover line, uh, running backs, he can cover anybody you want him to cover. He's just that good. And in the run game, he's just smart, instinctively. He's so damn quick for a linebacker, and it's ridiculous. And you think for a linebacker that, for you think for a linebacker to be so quick, they'd be small, but he's not undersized at all. He's big and he's fast and he can do everything you want him to. I think he'll be fine straight off the bat.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that's a really good fit. Uh I, I remember Josie Jewell just getting cooked by Saquon Barkley in college. So uh obviously he's not a not a great not a great uh like coverage linebacker. Um and I, I even kind of I even kind of buy the like him being the first linebacker because obviously uh Mika Parsons got all that like off the field stuff and yeah, that's that's just I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to pro, pro, uh, like project him to go cuz you you don't know how teams think, but um uh I gave Farley just cuz uh I I they they need a linebacker, but they also, you know, they lost uh they, who who's it? They had two corners, uh Talib and uh Harris, I think. They're both gone now. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, so they they need uh they need to kind of rework that defense again and get it back to like being elite um I think Caleb Farley uh I I like Horn a lot I just I don't know I think the NFL would take Farley first because he's I think he's got I don't know he's he's just the most athletic one and um yeah I, I just think in Vic Fangio's like defense I think that kind of corner that has that kind of
0: talent would really thrive yeah I definitely understand Denver definitely has a problem with cornerbacks Although I am a fan of Michael Ojemudia from uh, Iowa. I was a big fan of his tape. And I think he had a – he struggled a bit at times his rookie year, but I think he just solid the year. But definitely they do need some corner help. I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be mad at that pick at all. Now, I'll get to the 10th pick for uh, the Cowboys. I gave them a cow pits. And the reason I did is because, you know, a lot of the Cowboys fans, uh, just in general, have been like, you know, we need defense. Our defense is god-awful. You know, I'll tell you guys right now. You guys are not wrong at all. Your defense is terrible, but if your offense is already elite outside of maybe the offensive line, you know, they've really down climbed, Why don't you just add more elite to talent? I mean, you already have CeeDee Lamb. You have Michael Gallup. He's a great player. CeeDee Lamb's a great player. Amari Cooper's a great player. Ezekiel Elliott might be on the down that decline, but he's still a good player. And Tony Pollard's obviously a great second running back. Uh, change of base running back. So why not just add Cal Pitts? Why not just add another lead player on top of it? Make your offense even more unstoppable. And if you re-sign deck, I mean you might lose some games because of your defense, but you'll also be winning a lot of games just because your offense is just nearly unstoppable. For me, I just say, you know, fuck it, why not? Just draft him and let's let's go crazy on offense, you know? Yeah. Uh
1: I like that pick a lot because I think Pitts is I think he's literally gonna be like a like taller more athletic like Travis Kelsey like I think he's gonna be like in like a couple years I think he's gonna be like the best tight end in the NFL um I just yeah I don't know I don't, I don't know if they'd make that pick and like as a Washington fan I would hate that because then they you know they'd have CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, Amari Cooper, you know Zeke, You're pit Hall, in the ass stuff. They, they, they would have a just they'd have like the best offense in the NFL like up there with like the Chiefs um I gave them Patrick Sertan because I think they're going to take a corner. Uh, just kind of who's ever available. Um, they obviously, they have the other Alabama corner, uh, Diggs. So, you know, having Diggs and uh, Sertan to kind of rebuild your defense is a really good starting place. They've, they've obviously played together before. Um, and, yeah, I think Sertan's. I think he's like a really pro-ready corner. Like, I think he can come in day one and be, I don't know. A lot of cornerbacks struggle. I just think he's, I think he's a really smart player.
0: Yep. Now, I'll get to my with 11th pick, which is Giants. Now, I actually gave them Kadarius Tony, And the reason I gave them Kadarius Tony is obviously they need wide receiver help. I don't think they have a, a single, like, good, at least good wide receiver outside of, uh, what's his name? Slayton out of Auburn. Yeah, Big fan of Slayton. I think he's a great player. But I think they just really need that type of game-changing type player. They need that type of, I don't want to say Oldell type of player, but I just want to say, like, just an exciting type of offensive player outside of Barkley that can just, you know, make plays happen. Cause you know, outside of Barkley, they, they don't really have anybody offensive that can do that. I mean, Jones is God awful. In my opinion, uh, Barkley hasn't, was uh, unfortunately, towards ACL. I don't know what it was, but it was pretty early on that season. So you just need a wide receiver like that. that can just make plays, get open fast, get open all the time. You know, Slayton, he's more of a deep threat. He isn't that type of, you know, really a consistent thousand yard type of receiver, honestly. But I think that if you draft, uh, Cadareous Tony, he'll be amazing around the gates and he'll add a dimension to, to the giants offense that has been missing, not just in like in the age of Daniel Jones, but just missing in general. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, I hate giving our division rivals, like players that I really like, obviously like Waddle and like, uh, you know, Tony's one of my favorite players in the draft, but, um, I gave them Kyle Pitts, uh, kind of similar to like, obviously they have Evan Ingram, but he's, I don't know. I think he's going to be there. If, yeah, he's like, I think he's under contract for like one more year. Uh, but he's, you know, he's pretty, you know, yeah, he's just a disappointment. Um, and I think they need, I think that they might sign like a receiver in free agency and they just, their offense is just, it wasn't good. And if you want to help Daniel Jones, Kyle Pitts, I think he'll help any team that he goes to, uh, I would hate to see him, like, in our division. But, uh, yeah, I I, I think, like, any team that take Kyle's pace is going to be happy with, with taking him.
0: So now we get to the 12th pick, which is San Fran. Uh, I actually gave him Quiddy Pay. Now, the reason I did this because, obviously, Nick Bosa, he's a fantastic player. It's unfortunate he got injured. I think, I think he'll come back and be right back where he left off, Uh, honestly. But D forward, you know, he's just kind of, like – He's on a little bit on the old side, I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure how old he is, but I think he's getting a little bit older. And I'm not really that too much of a big fan of his production in general. Obviously, he had a great uh, <laughs> a year, two seasons ago. But I think that they really need some edge help. And I think that Quiddipay pay helps with that. I think he needs a little bit of development, obviously. Um, but I like. I really like the talent that Quiddipay has. And I think if they can work to develop him, him and Nick Bosa would be an insane uh, pass rushing duo uh, on the edge.
1: Yeah, I, I like that pick. Um, cause yeah, they, they they lost they lost a couple of uh. Obviously, their defensive line still very good, but they lost a couple guys. And uh, yeah, I I like um, I forgot his name, but uh, how do you say it? uh pay, something? Quiddy pay. Quiddy pay or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, pay. Yeah, I gave them, I gave them Rashawn Slater, cause. Well, one, he can play guards and tackles. So you can, even even if he resigned, decided to re-sign Trent, they still need offensive line help. And you could, you know, at 12, taking a really good guard is not, you know, you know there's worse things you can do. They need offensive line help. And then obviously if Trent's gone, they have no left tackle. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's the second best tackle in the class. So uh, I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's really good in the run game. You know, him with, like, George Kittle, all those, uh, you know, most I – th- I, I think he'd be a great, great fit.
0: Yep, you know, I can definitely see that pick. Uh, get to the 13th pick, which is the Chargers. Now, this is my favorite wide receiver in the draft. I actually gave them a shot of Bateman. Now, the reason I did this is because, you know, Mike Williams, I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been solid. But, you know, I think they really need another receiver. You know, Keenan Allen's getting a little bit old, you know. Outside of those two guys, I don't really like the Chargers, obviously, core at all. Now, I think when you add Bateman that this is going to end up being, like, an electric season for him and Herbert just together because I love Bateman. I think uh, I think Mo said on the uh Saturday podcast, he said mini Odell, and I think that's true in my opinion. <laughs> I just see, like, a lot of Odell whenever I watch Rashad Bateman. I'm a big fan. I think he can be uh, a great player right out the gate with Justin Herbert. Uh, I love the fit with both of them offensively, and uh, I think right away you can have a thirteen hundred yard season like Justin uh, Jefferson, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think I think
1: yeah, I think he's so underrated. Like he he does literally everything. He's a great route runner. You know, just came out. He ran a four three something. Uh, he's six two. He's got amazing hands. He's really good after the catch. He's just he's like a bigger Odell, honestly. Um, and yeah, I think that's a great fit. I gave him uh i gave them Samuel Cos- Cosme just because i think their receivers are good enough like with Keenan Allen, uh Mike Williams like i feel, i feel like like they they could you know maybe a receiver in the mid rounds you know to help out uh and they yeah they, they need they need some offensive line help too so i kind of think they just it doesn't matter what order but they need a, they need to address both of those
0: yep. So we'll get to the 14th pick, which is Minnesota. I have them drafting Jalen Phillips, uh, defensive end out of Miami. Now for me, this is like uh, mostly just like a really team need, honestly. So the Vikings lost uh, Everson Griffin. Um, uh, the other pass rusher. What's the other pass rusher's name? The one he's uh, been like insane. Uh, Daniel Hunter. Yeah, Daniel Hunter is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. But I think outside of Hunter, you know, they have a lot of. uh uh, depth issues at uh, defensive end, especially most, mostly just talent issues at defensive end outside of Daniel Hunter. And I think if you just add in Jalen Phillips, I love the fit with Mike Zimmer. I think Mike Zimmer would love Jalen Phillips. I think Jalen Phillips off the right off the bat, just off of the present that Daniel Hunter carries, that he can just have a seven sack season right off the gate, just because of. The tension that Daniel Hunter gets. I love Jalen Phillips as a prospect. He's not really a speed-type head rusher. He's more like a power rusher, but I think with time you can develop him, he can become even more than a power rusher. Uh, uh, Add some more pass rushers to his arsenal, but I like what Jalen Phillips did this season, especially with Gregory So opt-out. He really uh, came into his zone, and I love to the fit there, and I think he can hopefully, you know, Mike Zimmer doesn't like to start rookies, as we know, but I think he'll end up being. I think by midseason he'll end up being a starter and being a great player.
1: Yeah, uh, I I I took three tackles back to back. um, Just because I feel like they need. I feel like the Vikings just have terrible like, uh, like trench play, like defensive line, and offensive line. Uh, obviously, like uh, I'm pretty sure Hunter got hurt for a lot of the season, and so that hurts. But um, you know, they lost efforts. I mean, they've never had a good offensive line, even though, you know, Dalvin Cook rushes for, you know, like 1,400 yards. They, they still need help. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like they – I don't know. As long as Kirk's there, I feel like they're going to try to help him out. And, uh, yeah, so I, I gave him a tackle.
0: Yep. So get to the 15th pick, which is New England. Now, I kind of just, you know, said fuck it on this pick because, you know, you can never, ever guess what New England's going to draft. You know, Bill Belichick is just an enigma in himself. He just yeah. drafts whatever is there. You never know. So I have not taking Sam Cosme, Uh honestly, just because I feel like the offensive line was pretty bad this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they need an offensive line help. And I think it's just it's just one of those type of New England picks where it's outside the box and you're like like, what the hell? It's just like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I couldn't really guess whatever New England was gonna pick anyways, regardless.
1: Yeah, New England does have they always draft differently than everybody. Uh so it's kind of hard. I gave him uh Minka Parsons just cuz I think I think he could play like kind of like that uh like high tower role, like be your middle linebacker, also blitz off the edge and stuff. Uh obviously, you know, Bill Pel- Belichick like loves versatile linebackers and uh I don't know, like I feel like they're a team that kind of like I, they obviously aren't known to have like a bad reputation, but they're I mean, they're all about winning. Like they took um, Aaron Hernandez with all that off the field problems. You know, I feel like they they're not known to take like a ton of risks, but if they've got a great player that they think's really good and that just sitting there, I feel like they take them.
0: Yep. So get to the 16th pick, uh, Arizona. I haven't taken J. C. Horn. This is really because uh, Arizona's secondary outside of Buda Baker is obviously an elite safety, elite player. Uh, I love Buda Baker. Uh, Byron Murphy's a solid uh, slot corner, but I think they really need help in the boundary side corner because uh, I think, what is it, Pat Peter letting him go, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. they might have already let him go, planning to let him go either way. He's probably on his way outside, uh, on his way out the door. I think J.C., you draft J.C. Horn. I mean, you have a boundary corner for years to come. I think I said in uh, one of our, I think, our second, first or second podcast where I said J.C. Horn's obviously, like, I'm a big fan of J.C. Horn. Obviously, he's just – He's tall, lengthy. He has long arms. He does everything you want him. He does everything you'd love to see in a press corner, in a boundary corner. I mean, I love him as a player. I love his energy. Uh, I love everything he could do. I think he'll come in right away. I think he'll come in right away and be a top cornerback, not just a top rookie defensive player. Yeah,
1: I, I like that pick a lot. Um, this pick's pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know. My, my it's kind of early, but I, I gave him a uh, Travis Etienne. Um. Obviously their running backs are, you know, they had, uh, they had Drake who was kind of a disappointment and, you know, they had like Chase Edmonds, but they don't have, they don't have a work, uh, workhorse running back. And I, I think if you just pair, if you paired an elite running back with Kyler Murray, with all the weapons they've already have, it would just, it would just open so much for their offense. Um, Obviously they need other things they need. uh You know, they could use an offensive lineman. They could use some more defense, but, I don't know. I feel like um, Cliff Kingsbury is just he's the kind of guy that just loves offense. He loves having weapons. And I feel like that pairing of ETN and Kyler would just be special.
0: I could definitely see that pick. I'm going to see I love ETN because I'm a Clemson fan. But uh, we'll get to the 17th pick, which is Oakland. Now, for me, I really put some thought into this because, you know, Oakland's kind of like in New England in the sense of they always have an out of the box first one pick. But I actually like Oakland's first-round picks more than I like New England's first-round picks because New England's first-round picks have kind of been bad uh, recently. But uh, I have them taking Aziz Ojulari, edge rusher, out of Georgia. Now, for me, I think he's the most underrated edge rusher in the draft. I'm a big fan of Aziz Ojulari, And the reason for that is because, you know, I watch a lot of Georgia games uh, because I was, you know, I'm a JT Daniels fan. I've been a fan of him since he was at uh, Mater D uh, in high school. But yeah. watching Georgia games, watching Aziz Ojolari, I think he's an extremely special player. You know, he didn't really get as much shine this year because, you know, Georgia was really struggling early on because uh, Stetson Benning is garbage, and the other quarterback, uh, I forgot, the one map is also garbage. But I think Aziz Ojolari is extremely underrated. I love what he can do as a player. I think Oakland desperately needs uh, uh, edge rush help because Glenn is just not a good player. It hurts me to say that because he was so good at Clemson, but – Obviously he was overdrafted. That's everybody said on draft night. Uh yeah. The other edge they have, Max Crosby. I don't think he's he's really much more of a power rusher. I don't think he has any speed rush to him at all. If any. Um, I don't think he's that good of a player, maybe he's solid at best. I think they desperately need ed- edge rush help, but I really love what Aziz Ojulari can offer. And especially if they can get another edge rusher in free agency. I think combined uh that with the rookie, it can be can instantly bring Oakland the much needed uh, help they need off the edge.
1: Yeah. uh, They've, they've needed a pass rusher since they let Cleo Mack go. They, and you know, they took Cleveland Farrell fourth overall over like, you know, like Josh Allen, Montez sweat, uh, Brian Burns. And obviously he's not, he's, he's been like, okay, but for a fourth overall pick, it's been a huge disappointment. Uh, So I, I gave him a, Quiddy, Quitty Pay or whatever from uh, Michigan. I think I think he's got a pretty high. I think he's. They they just they need it. they need pass rushers, you know. Uh, and I think he was the best one available.
0: Yeah. Uh. Obviously, I had Quiddy Pay go a lot earlier than you did, but yeah, like I said earlier, uh, I think that's a good pick, honestly. Uh, any edge rusher that will, that will have right now or have end up having in the first round, I think. Any of those can help Oakley immediately. I mean, they desperately need edge rush help. But yeah, uh, yeah I definitely like that pick. Uh, now, go to number 18, which is Miami. Uh, I'll go to Michael Parsons. Now, I like this fit because, like you said, for New England, because uh, you had them go to New England, you know, Brian yeah. Flores comes from that system. So I think uh, it'll be a great fit, obviously, because, you know, Bill Belichick and his coaches, defensive coaches, love that type of versatile linebacker that kind of do it all. Um, Michael Parsons is the most talented linebacker in the draft. I don't think he's the best. I think I think Jeremiah or Obusa Kormo kind of edges him out a little bit just in terms of uh, how NFL ready they are. But I think uh, if Michael Parsons, I don't think he'll be great right out of the gate. I think he'll struggle a lot. But I think if, you know, Brian Flores really takes his time with him and really develops him, he can be one of the best linebackers in the league by year three.
1: Yeah, no, I I like that pick a lot, um, because they they could use a player like that. Um, I gave him Najee Harris just to kind of go along with like the Alabama thing, you know, Tua, uh, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. Um, and I think it's a it's probably a little early for him, but I I feel like that they're, I feel like that spot just makes a lot of sense, and I feel like they don't wanna they don't wanna let him go, you know, somewhere else and miss out on him because they uh waited. Um, I obviously think not Najee Harris is a phenomenal running back. Um, you know, some people, some people think he's the best. He's definitely worth, you know, uh, first, uh, you know, if not a, maybe not this early, but at least a, like a first round, you know, pick.
0: Yep. Now we we'll get to number 19, which is Washington's pick. Uh, obviously I couldn't give us a quarterback cause you know, we don't really have to ask straight up for a quarterback, uh, and I've kind of given up hope, us hope for getting an actual good quarterback this year, so it's whatever. But I had us taking Terrence Marshall uh, from LSU. Now, I really chose this pick because, you know, we're in desperate need of a wide receiver uh, that isn't that is named Terry McLaurin. Uh, I'm extremely supported. Uh, Steven Sims uh, this year. I thought he ended up being a great player, but he has no hands. So he's just – yeah. He just didn't have a good season. I don't think there's much there. Cam Sims, is, you know, he was solid late down the season, but I don't think he's the type of wide receiver you want as wide receiver too. Now, for me, I think Terrell Marshall is just a great fit because, you know, I think we desperately needed, a, you know, a bigger receiver, a, a bigger receiver opposite of Cam. You know, Terry, mm-hmm. uh, obviously he's a fantastic player, but he's not really big. You know, he's like, what, one, maybe 6'2". You know, he's not very yeah. tall you know he can carry can definitely do jump balls he's done it plenty of times but I think you need that type of bigger receiver uh that more physical type that it could uh win jump balls in the boundary you know do that type of stuff but you know Terrace Marshall is that but he is a lot more he knows extremely fast uh he's a great route runner I love what he did at LSU this year I think he was very underrated uh as a prospect right now I think he'd be a great fit and I think Whoever plays quarterback, uh, Washington this year, I don't have much uh, faith in whoever does. But whoever does that type of duo, you know, really help us fix our offensive woes that we've had for the past two years. Yeah,
1: I, I like that pick too. Uh, I I was kind of debating because I had I had both uh, Jeremiah Husu uh, Kamora and Rashad Bateman, who I think are kind of the two, you know, like most most uh, mocked players. Uh, i just kind of feel like we're gonna we're gonna spend i feel like we're gonna spend at least decent money on a receiver and so i i took uh jeremiah wusu kamara um i just think I, I mean i think i think he's just he's just so he's so athletic he he does everything he he can hit he can tackle well you know he he covers like slot receivers he's i don't know i kind of think he's like levante david like he's just he's he's almost like a safety you know he's so good in coverage uh he's super athletic and uh you know, behind this defensive line, where you know you're you're not gonna have to you know beat a lot of uh, you know double teams or anything like that. You know, he's just gonna be able to run around free and just make plays.
0: Hmm. I definitely love that pick. Uh, I, that's actually I was picked. Uh, I think I said earlier already, but I was thinking of having alusu Cormo go to us, but I chose Den instead because I think it's a better scheme fit. But yeah. uh, now we get to 21st pick, which is Indiana. Uh, but the the Indianapolis Colts, I actually have them taking. Actually, no, sorry, the twentieth pick. Uh, sorry, the twentieth pick was the Chicago Bears. I actually have them taking Alex Leverwood, uh, tackle out of Alabama. Now, I just chose this pick because you know the Bears really need offensive line help. I don't think there's. I don't even think I know a single Bears offensive lineman's name. Honestly, I don't really think they're that good at all. I don't. Yeah. Like when I watch Bears games, I mean, whoever played quarterback, whether it was Trubisky. Or foes, I mean the, the offensive line was just folding in like a matter of like sec- a second or two. I mean, they're just really bad. I think they need any help they can get. Um, I haven't watched I haven't watched that much of any tackles at all. Uh we we're, we're gonna be getting to uh the tackles in the coming weeks. But yeah, from what I did see Alex Leatherwood, he's uh extremely physical, you know, he's a run blocker type of line uh offensive tackle, you know. I don't think he's that great as a pass blocker, but I think that in Chicago, he'll be, I think that Chicago with time that he can become a solid, uh, a solid tackle.
1: Yeah. Uh. I, 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 yeah, there, there's a lot of offensive tackles. It's kind of up in the air, uh, but yeah, they definitely need offensive line. Uh, I'm not going to talk a ton about this because I gave him Mac Jones. Uh, I don't like Mac Jones very much. Uh, I don't think he's going to be that good. Uh. <laughs> I think he's probably better than Mitchell Trubisky and they, they obviously are like desperate for a quarterback. Um, I don't know. He's, he's just, I don't know. He's kind of like a, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He He's going to, he's going to get drafted somewhere. Like first round. I just, I don't, yeah, I don't think he's that
0: hey, good. Hey man, I'm not a fan of Mac Jones either. He ain't even in my first round. So uh, we'll get to the 21st pick Uh, Colts. Now I have going to back-to-back tackles with Christian Darasaw. Now, I've watched a little bit. Of, uh, like I said, I haven't watched many tackles. I've watched a little bit of Derisaw. But from what I saw, I've liked. I'll i have to get back to you guys uh, more in the coming weeks. But I really chose this pick because now that Anthony is retired, now you need a replacement. So mm-hmm. I don't think the Colts are desperate for a replacement because they still have a great team. Uh, Their offensive line is still great even though Costanzo is gone. But I think that if you have a chance to draft a possible solid replacement because I don't think that Derisaw has the potential to be – uh as good or as better Costanzo but I still think he'd be a solid tackle and if I put my money for Frank Reich turning saw into a solid tackle I definitely put a lot of money into that just because I like what Frank Reich does I love all his coaches and his offensive system so I think it's a good fit and yeah I think they'll I think if you plug him in immediately that you won't see much of a difference between him and Costanzo
1: yeah you know that that's a good pick they've they've already got an elite offensive line you know that would just basically it basically just keep them you know as an elite offensive line obviously that's kind of their identity um i gave him jc horn just cuz uh i i i i think he should he should he should go way higher than this you know i think he he could go top 15 top 10 you know he's that kind of corner uh i yeah. saw him working out with jalen ramsey like he's he's just that kind of physical player uh and I just think you know he'd fit perfectly there, you know.
0: Yeah, I definitely like that fit, and I think they definitely need to do need corner cornerback help a little bit. So get to the Tennessee pick, which is twenty-two. I gave him Caleb Farley. Now, the reason I gave this is because I love to fit uh, defensively, but also because Tennessee desperately desperately needs corner help. I mean, Desmond King hasn't just hasn't been the same corner since his first like two or three seasons. In- and uh, Los Angeles for Los Angeles. Um, the other cornerback, the one from USC, forget his name is, but uh, I forgot what his name. I can. Like, yeah, he went yeah. from USC. He, he, he was a first USC. round pick a like, couple years ago, but yeah, he just hasn't been that good. Um, uh, Malcolm Butler is just washed. Um, you know, they just their cornerbacks are just not good at all. They need a lot of help, and I think with Caleb Farley, if you get somebody that talented on your uh, secondary. Um, I think that it'll improve it drastically. You know, I think that if you get a guy like Caleb Farley around other guys, you know, he'll, he'll make other players around him better. You know, and I think it'll just it'll you know kind of get them out of the mud they've been with the cornerbacks. You know, their cornerbacks have been, especially this season, the cornerbacks were getting torched all around. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I do. They need,
1: they need a cornerback badly. You know, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of the guy's name. They did draft a uh, first round corner. Uh, I think he's been like okay, but like that—that's like their best guy. And uh, I
0: can't remember his name there. to save my life. And me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't either. Um, I gave them and uh, I gave them Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, obviously they're they had they just released or not by their choosing, but they released their first round offensive lineman from last year. Uh, they they still need a tackle, obviously. And um, I think he he's one of the more versatile players. He can play, you know, he can play all over the place right tackle left tackle guard whatever you want and uh yeah I, I think with Derrick Henry there they need to keep beefing up that offensive line
0: yeah uh definitely with the uh misfire with Isaiah Wilson though, definitely you need know, offensive tackle help um I just looked at the player it was Dory Jackson so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Was, yeah I think he he hasn't been uh bad but he just hasn't been the type of player they're hoping for so definitely need cornerback help, but. Yeah, I definitely like the idea of having a versatile uh, drafting a versatile player like that for offensive line. Mm-hmm. Especially if you want to uh keep Derrick Henry's production up and keep being a good team. But uh I'll get to the 23rd pick, uh, which is the Jets again. Uh I actually have them taking Rondale Moore. Now for me, I really took this pick because you know, I already uh we both took fields for uh the Jets, right? Yeah. So I think that you just need to give Fields you just need to give Fields a weapon like that. I mean, the Jets are, oh, obviously have core, I'm just, they're very poor. They're just, mm-hmm. it's just depressing. You know, I don't think they're bad players per se, but it's, you know, it's just very depressing. Um, I think you need to give him an exciting uh, young type of player like that, with that type of speed and the type of moves he can make in open space. You just give Justin Fields, a player like that, you know, you give him a favorite target early on and they'll make his learning curve that much easier. I don't think his learning curve. Learning well, curve will be difficult because Kyle Shanahan's, uh system, the one that um, the, the, the LaFleur is running, a lot of other coaches uh, in the league run, it's, a, it's not an easy system to get down. It takes uh, two years or maybe even three to fully understand the system. And, you know, Spills is obviously a smart player, but you know, this is the NFL, it's a whole different league. So, you know, it's going to take him a while to get adjusted to it. So, if you give him a player like Rondale Moore, give him that safety blanket early on, it'll just make his life that much easier.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of had a similar idea. Uh, I feel like if, if you draft a rookie, uh, quarterback, you just, you just got to help him out. Like you, you could have defensive problems. You could have whatever, but you gotta, you can't, you can't leave your, you know, rookie quarterback out there with, I don't even know who the receiver one is. Like they had like Chris Hogan and like, uh, yeah, I don't even know who they had. Obviously they have Jameson Crowder, but, um, I gave him Rashad Bateman. Uh, he, he was the best receiver I had available. And, um, uh, yeah, they they need they need help, you know, just like even more than one receiver. They need a lot of a lot of guys.
0: Yeah. So now we get to the Pittsburgh pick. Now, this is a weird pick for me. I didn't really know who to choose. So I, I gave them another edge rusher, which is weird. I gave them Gregory Russo Russo out of Miami. Reason I did this because you know, Bud is coming off of a torn ACL, So you don't know when he'll really be back to his old self if he will be. And you know, their defensive end depth outside of Watt and Bud Dupree, I just don't like it all. You know, Highsmith is really a developmental type pick, and it's going to take him – it might even take him longer than it did for Bud Dupree to develop into a, a good player or a great player, even if, if he becomes that after development. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, I think this just gives you – this going to gives you a crunch, you know, to let Bud Dupree, you know, kind of take it slow as he tries to recover from the ACL injury and tries to get back to up to speed and get back to his former self. And uh, if he... I think he's a free agent, actually, if I'm wrong. Either this year or Uh, next year.
1: Yeah, I think think he might be, yeah.
0: Yeah, so if he doesn't even come back, uh, it kind of gives you... You kind of replace him with a player that... I think Rousseau's obviously developmental, but I think he's even... I think he's just as talented, maybe maybe even if more talented than Bud Dupree. And I think if you could develop him uh, along... uh, If you could develop him, eventually him and Watt will be... Him and Watt would be as good or as better as Watt was with Bud Dupree, and you won't suffer the consequences of having Watt being – having Watt having so much more attention to himself than he was when Bud Dupree was on the other side. So you'd have two edge-rushing threats again, and your defensive line would still be as elite as it was before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have we have a lot of, like, similar ideas. Uh, I, I, I wanted to give him Najee Harris. Obviously, I took him a little earlier. Um. I, I gave because I I think Bud Dupree is gonna leave. Uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like he's just gonna he's gonna demand a lot of money. You know he had uh, well, the last time he, he had like ten plus sacks. Uh, I gave him Aziz. Oh, yeah. can't even can't even Ojalary. pronounce his last name. <laughs> o, o, Ojalary, uh edge rusher. Uh, I just think I feel like they're gonna bring big big Ben back. Uh, but they're, they're, if they're gonna win, it's gonna be because of their defense and run game. And so I'm just beefing up their defense even more.
0: Yep. So I'll get to the Jacksonville pick now. Uh, this is kind of out of the box pick for me. Uh, I gave them Richie Grant safety out of UCF. Now, the reason I did this is because, you know, the Jacksonville defense, they need help everywhere, but I think where they most need help is the secondary. Uh, I see Jay Henderson uh, had a struggle through his rookie year. I think he could still be a great player, but he's going to, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's going to be a little while. Um, I think their safeties are abysmal. Obviously, their their whole secondary outside of Henderson is really abysmal. And yeah. you give them somebody like Richie Grant, it kind of gives the secondary stability. You know, Richie Grant was like what four or five year starter at UCF. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he might. He's a little on the old side, which doesn't concern me, but he's a little on the old side. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Richie Grant. Richie Grant's the most uh, safety ready, uh, NFL ready safety in the draft. he can come in right away and be a great player for them. He'll bring stability to that. Uh secondary and you know he's really just a guy you build around the secondary and in come time he'll be like the leader if you end up going to the Super Bowl honestly yeah no he's
1: that kind of player uh I think he's worth the first round pick um there's a few safeties I think could could go um I gave him Terrence Marshall um I, I just think um you know they don't have that kind of receiver you know they have uh they have dj chark who's like a speedster they've got um they have uh lavisca chennault who's more of like a you know like yak like physical kind of like running back type receiver and but they don't have like a big body like six four six five you know kind of guy like uh like marshall so i i think that with trevor lawrence that's you know just keep giving your rookies uh, weapons
0: Mm-hmm. So will get to the 26th pick, which is Cle- Cleveland. Now, this is also a little bit weird for me because, you know, I had to really see like, what are Cleveland's weaknesses, you know? And defensively, I thought their weaknesses was really linebacker. Uh, I don't think Mack Wilson is a bad player, but I don't think he's a really type of – I don't really think he's the type of linebacker you really want going forward. So I have been taking Tulsa linebacker, Zayvon Collins. Now, I'm a big fan of Zayvon Collins. Uh, he's actually the third-best linebacker uh, – third-best linebacker in linebacker prospect on my board um you know he really uh was it 2019 he had a great season uh this past season he had an even better season uh, another I think it was all American this year he was just amazing I mean this linebacker class it's very top heavy I'd say but the top guys are so physically gifted I mean Alusa Koromo, Micah Parsons, and Zabin Collins are so physically gifted and I think Zabin Collins uh you know, he's extremely physically gifted. I love what he does in the run game. He's a uh, solid uh, in coverage. Um, he definitely needs work in terms of his smarts, you know, the play records and stuff like that. But I think he needs less of development than Michael Parsons does. But obviously, Michael Parsons has the higher ceiling. But yeah. I love what Zayvon Collins offers, and especially for Cleveland when they already have a great defensive line. And the secondary is a little bit shaky, you know, outside of Ward and maybe like another uh, two, one or two guys. But yeah. I think if you add Zayvon Collins uh, behind that defensive line and have that type of front seven, that it will just make – it will just really up the Browns defense and make them – they can turn into, like, a top 15. I, I'm not sure what their rank. I don't think they were a top 15 defense, but they can end up being a top 15 defense if you add a player like that. Yeah, no, I, 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 like, I like Collins a lot. I think he's,
1: you know his, – yeah, his upside is crazy. He's, like, 6'3", super athletic. He does literally everything. I mean, people think he can be a pass rusher. Um, and, yeah, I feel like Cleveland doesn't have any holes on offense. Like, their offensive line is, like, one of the best in the league. They've got Odell, Jarvis. You know, uh, obviously, they got good running backs. Uh, I gave him Jalen Phillips. Uh, I think their d line's good, but they don't have, like, a, they don't have, like, a dominant edge rusher across from Miles Garrett. And, uh, you know, I, I think – yeah, I, I think him, him, he could learn from Garrett, and you know they'd they'd be they'd have a phenomenal defensive line.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely like the pick, and yeah, Cleveland's defensive line could stand to improve, especially interior. But I definitely I like that pick. Yeah. Uh, go to the twenty-seven pick, which is Baltimore. I actually have them taking Jackson Carmen now. the Reason I do is because you know their whole coaching staff has already come out, and you know they've kind of already. Clear, they're not really going to switch up much offensively, even though I think they desperately need a receiver outside of Hollywood Brown or Nolly Brown. Nollywood Brown, as I should say, uh, but uh, I don't really like the receivers outside of him. Uh, I think they need a lot of offensive help. I think they need a lot of help, to help with the wide right receiver position. But recently, uh, they're trying to trade Orlando Brown Jr. because uh, they're playing. He's apparently they're playing him out of position. They're trying to trade yeah. him. Yeah. So I haven't taken Jackson Carmen because. Uh, honestly, just because they need, uh, if they're gonna trade Atlanta Brown, they need a replacement, and I'm not sure what guy they have in place to replace Atlanta Brown Jr. But they're probably not as talented as Jackson Carmen now. I think Jackson Carmen is like a four or five star out of high school. You know, he had a pretty solid Clemson career, for in my opinion, a lot, a lot, a lot of ups and downs for me, uh, especially this past season where I got frustrated with him at times because at times he's just been such such a great player at times he just looked like crap and i'm like dude you got to find a way to be consistent and i think this is the best place for carmen uh because i think that i love what uh, john harbour does as a coach and i think you can really just settle him down and tell him, you know get your get your play together you know be consistent so you can be the type of player you need to be and i really think that if they, I don't think that Parma comes into the zone probably by his second year. I don't think he'll come into the zone his this first year, but by his second year, he can really be a great player.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Uh, cause yeah, I I forgot about Orlando Brown, but yeah, he he's. I mean, I think he was playing right tackle and he wants to play left tackle or something like that. He he's he want he's been saying he wants out. Uh, they definitely need receiver help, and I gave him Kadarius Tony. Uh, I just think like he's I mean I just think he's him and Lamar would be so good together you know they they both just move like insanely you know they're just both super athletes you know because you put them in space and they're just so hard to tackle um and yeah I, it, like, I feel like it doesn't matter what receiver they just they need more help they need more bodies they need more people to throw to because I mean Hollywood's like I don't know he, he, he's uh, he's talented he's just kind of I don't know. He's, he's very inconsistent. Like I, I had yeah. him in fantasy and he was just like one week, he'd have like 150 and a touchdown. The next week he'd have like one catch and five.
0: <laughs> just like, I definitely know,
1: agree. Just like that kind of thing. It, it does,
0: doesn't help that Greg Roman's passing scheme is consistent of just four verts. But uh, anyways, we'll go to the 28th pick, which is the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I actually have them taking Patrick Sertan. Now I didn't plan on having Sertan fall this far. I think he's a great player. But, you know, corners just kind of, you know, they kind of fell down my board. But, uh, yeah, I haven't taken Sertan now. The reason I have this because, you know, Janoris Jenkins, he still played well this season. I think he played mm-hmm. great, actually. But I think well, – how old is he? He's pretty old, I'm pretty sure, he is. right He's,
1: now. like, over 30, I think, now, like 31 or
0: something. Yeah. I think the Saints got to just get rid of him while the going is good now and get a young player like Sertan. Because if you replace him immediately, there will be, like, not even just no difference, that'll be a a better difference. Like he'll be a better Mm -hmm. player than Janoris was. It's already a scheme fit. You know, Dennis Allen has a very heavily uh, uh, man coverage type of scheme. You know, he lets the four down linemen, he lets uh, edge rushers and uh, tackles get after it. Uh, You know, he plays tight coverage. He doesn't let anything get over over his safeties. I think if you just put Sertan opposite of uh, Lattimore, there'll be uh, even better play, honestly, uh, I think the corners will be amazing. I think the Saints defense won't even miss a beat. I think they'll probably be even better and have even more turnovers uh, if they draft drafted Sertan than uh, even last season. Yeah,
1: no, I, I like that pick a lot. I feel like the Saints are a team that don't really have, like, a lot of holes. Like, they they, they were, like, a top-five defense, obviously. They've, you know, they got Michael Thomas. They got a lot of good, good players. Um, I gave them Zavin Collins. Uh I th- they have uh, they have Demario Davis, who's really good, but he he's older, uh, and they don't. Ha- I don't think they've got anybody really next to him.
0: Uh, they actually he, have what's his name? The other uh, guy, they have Quan uh,
1: Alexander. Quan Alexander, yeah. But they, I also think Collins is a guy you can kind of. Uh, he's just so versatile, you know. If you need him to play some reps at edge, you need him to play lo- a- any linebacker spot. I think he can do all of that.
0: Yeah, I definitely like that pick, and it's interesting because you know. I think they're both linebackers a little bit on the old side, but you know, DeMar yeah. Davis is still playing a high level, but Connor is kind of falling off a little bit in terms of the play. But I do, I do think that's interesting. I do think it could work out. Uh, now we get to the 29th pick, which is Green Bay. Now they do need cornerback help, uh, obviously, because you know, it was evident in the was AFC Championship game. I mean, NFC yeah. Championship game. Kevin, Kevin King, but, uh, is, you know. Not, I actually not, have them have them draft Elijah Moore. And the reason I do that is, you know, just because. I think you know Green Bay, not just not just like not just the coaches, but the front office. You know, for too long they've been relying on Rodgers to just uplift these uh, average players and to be looking like great players, just because that's just how good Rodgers is. But you know, mm-hmm. I feel like you just need another guy. You know, Alan Lazard, Valdez, Scantling—they're not bad players, but you know, I feel like you just really need a special player to you know really like. Uplift the offense. So if you combine Elijah Moore and Devontae Adams, that is just a special type of duo. You know, they're mm-hmm. both in, uh insane. I don't well Elijah Moore's not an insane route runner, but he's a he's a great route runner, obviously. Yeah. You know, he's extremely fast. You can uh Michael for uh Matt LaFleur, yeah, I think his name Matt LaFleur would have tons mm-hmm. of fun with Elijah Moore, uh definitely skimming up and extremely uh in creative ways, just like Kyle Shanahan schemes up uh, Debo Samuel and uh, Brandon Ayuk over in San Francisco, I think it's a great scheme fit. I think it's a great fit. I think it kind of, you know, Rodgers is getting old. He's still playing at a high level. But, you know, it just takes a lot of pressure off of him to, you know, try to uplift these players that are below average. But if you have players that are already great to elite players, then, you know, it makes your life a lot easier and it makes the offense flow a lot easier. Yeah.
1: Uh it's it's kind of funny. I, I was uh I was debating between uh Elijah Moore and Rondo Moore and I, I took Rondo Moore just because um I think they're kind of similar players. You know, they're both, you know, both really athletic. They both are pretty good route runners, both can uh you know, both are obviously playmakers. Um the Packers like they have two like they have a lot of like average like big body receivers like Alan Lazard is okay, Valdez Cantling's okay. Uh they've got some a couple other guys, but none of them are like dynamic, like number two receivers. They're all kind of just like they're just like passable receivers that Aaron Rodgers is like knows how to throw perfectly to. But they don't have, you know, they don't have like a who's the guy that used to have they don't have like a uh, Randall Cobb anymore. They don't have they don't have that kind of dynamic receiver.
0: Yeah uh so we'll get to the 30th pick which is buffalo i actually gave him eric stokes now the reason i did this because they're secondary in my opinion outside of uh Micah hyde and uh trevor davis white i don't like the secondary at all i think it's very weak so you give the guy uh you get him a guy like eric stokes him and trevor davis white would be a great duo honestly because they're both ex- extremely physical boundary corners. Uh, I think Stokes is bigger than uh, Ditchard, I guess, White. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I love. I love both the Georgia corners. Uh, I love Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes, but I think Stokes is the better player. Um. So mm-hmm. I think Stokes just offers you that type of physical boundary corner that Buffalo desperately needs to you know, you know, kind of just bring the secondary together a little bit more because you know having Josh Norman opposite of Tredavious White is not ideal at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. Josh Norman hasn't been good since that one season in Carolina. So I think you bring in Stokes and uh, pair him with Tradavius White, it brings stability to that secondary. And, you know, it really improves the quality of that defense. Cause I love Buffalo's linebackers. Uh, what's mm-hmm. are their names? Uh, Matt uh, Milano. Tremaine Edmonds Ad- and uh, Matt I love the one. I think it's one of the top linebacker duels in the league. Yeah. Uh, their interior defensive line, I love it. Their edge rushers need a lot of work. I think, but if you could bring some stability to the secondary, it'll improve that defense, and I think that it'll it it could help them make a Super Bowl run again the next the following season.
1: Yeah, um, so that I gave them a uh, Gregory Rousseau. Um, I feel like yeah they they need they need some help on defense. Uh, I don't think they've got a ton of edge rushers. Uh. No, yeah, they I think they have, they, they've got like Trent Murphy or something uh but yeah they, they need they need him I think he's a guy that's just he's pretty raw but he's got a, an insane upside you know um and yeah I think I think he's like really talented he just I don't know he, he sat out a year and he you know he's kind of uh kind of a hard projection but yeah he's he's super super high upside
0: yeah, I definitely completely agree with that pick as well. Uh, for me, I chose either between cornerback or edge rusher. But I Definitely think those the two of Buffalo's biggest needs. But I definitely agree with the pick. Um, get to the last two picks here. Go to Chiefs thirty first. I actually have them taking Rashawn Slater. Now, the reason I did this is because I'm pretty sure Mitchell Schwartz is about to retire. Uh, I think about retirement. It's very close to retirement. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other what is the. Other tackle, you know, I think, as he a tackle or is he a guard? Duvernay Tardif? He might be oh, a guard. Think, he might I, be a I think he's a guard, but yeah. Okay, so, yeah, but the Chiefs' uh, tackles, they're not very good. Outside of Schwartz, you know, they need a lot of help. The Super Bowl was evident in that. I mean, B- Buck's defense line absolutely destroyed them. They really started teeing off in the third quarter, so you know they need tackle help. Uh, like you said, for Slater, he's he's versatile. So he, he not only can he play uh, tackle, but he can also play guard if need be. So I think the Chiefs do definitely need to buff up the offensive line, uh, because you know running the ball, you know, they just didn't really run the ball that well this year, uh, at all, and. They didn't protect Mahomes that uh that well, especially uh in the Super Bowl. So I definitely yeah. think they need to uh buff it up and you know help them get back to help them get back to the Super Bowl again.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they definitely need offensive line help. Uh, I think that's their like number one need. Uh, I d- I just didn't have a lot of guys I liked available. Uh, um, Bearmore, uh, I think him and Chris Jones would be a really good uh really good duo. You know their defense is getting a lot better. Um. And, yeah, I just think – I think they need offensive line help, and I think they could use a, a little more – like uh, a little more
0: help on that D-line too. Yep. So I'll get to my last uh, pick uh, for the first round, Mark. Uh, Tampa Bay. Now, this was honestly just for me. I just picked Asante a Samuel Jr. Uh, cornerback out of FSU. The reason I did this because Tampa Bay's team is already elite. I mean, they don't really have a hole, honestly. So when a team doesn't really have a hole, you just add more talent, in my opinion. So you get a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, I'm not sure who plays uh, slot corner for the Bucks. It might be some – you know, their corners are not very well known. You have Murphy, Bunty and Carlton Davis, which I think they're solid at best. But, you know, with that defensive line, they don't really need to be anything other than solid. But I think if you add a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, to that uh, secondary and put him in the slot, you know – but the Bucs' secondary struggled a lot early on. You know, they didn't really come into their own until, like, later in the season. And that's kind of when, the, at the same time, the defense line started playing better. But if you add a guy like Asante Samuel Jr., you won't have those problems early in the season with the secondary because, you know, the secondary will be held together. I think if you have a guy like him and Antoine Whitfield on the field stand together, you know, the secondary improves that much better. And, you know, they can be consistent right out the gate instead of, you know, coming into their own later on in the season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Uh, this is probably my most uh aggressive pick because you know this is kind of off the wall, but um, yeah, again, I don't they don't really have needs, you know that they have. I mean, they've got at least like a solid player like every position. Um, so I I gave him Javante Williams, uh, running back. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette's probably gonna like leave, go somewhere else, and I just think you know. If it's kind of like the Chiefs taking Clyde Edwards, except I think he's probably better. Um, you just, you know, if you're, you're already a Super Bowl, you just won the Super Bowl. You don't really, you have the luxury to kind of do whatever you want. And I think they do need, they could use a running back. And I think Javante Williams is really good.
0: Yeah, uh, big fan of Javante Williams. I think that even with four, I, if they don't resign for net, I think that Javante Williams could come in right now and just uh, activate, uh, play the same role that Fournette did, and uh, it'll be perfectly fine. But, anyways, that is our f- first-round mock draft. We're going to be doing a couple of more mock drafts throughout the draft season because, obviously, mock drafts change throughout the years. I know me yep. and Peckins, our mock drafts always change because, you know, yep. combine happens, pro days, different types of Free stuff.
1: Free agency and all that stuff's going to happen, you know.
0: Yeah, so things change. but will definitely be changing. Uh Thank you, everybody who t- tuned into the podcast. You know, follow our Twitter, all that. Sub to the uh sub to the Phantom Sports uh, Network uh Twitch channel. Um next week we'll be doing linebackers and defensive ends. You know, we're gonna uh we're gonna go ahead and try and knock out our pros am uh, gonna go ahead and knock out the prospects as soon as possible so we can get to more of the mock drafts. But uh yeah, thank you for everybody who tuned in to the uh